Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So I don't know if there's something that you still want me to acknowledge. Uh, yeah. Are you going to say you're sorry? For what? Are you going to say you're sorry that you hurt my feelings? But I have said that already. Okay, can you say it again? And so I'm sorry. <gasps> oh! 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 Wendy's noises at the end were just like... It sounded like like a Jurassic Park baby being born or something. I don't know. I loved it. Anyway, I'm rooting for Robin and Wendy. I want Dr. Wendy and Robin to get along. I want this to last, although I don't think that it will. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Of course, I'm talking about The Real Housewives of Potomac this past week's episode. I got to say off the bat, I woke up this morning feeling like I got a little tiny bit of a cold. So I think it's giving me a sexy little rasp, but... <laughs> Maybe some of you don't think it's very sexy. But anyway, it's a little, I got a little bit of a raspy voice. So I did try to clear the sinuses before I recorded here, but things are going around. Uh, this is the holiday season too. And we're all, I don't know if you're all feeling this way, but there's too much going on, too much to do, too many holiday parties, too much work stuff. Everyone's trying to jam a million things in before they go on holiday break. And I, I'm exhausted and I'm trying to keep my uh, holiday spirits high, but we're going to have to press on. And we're going to have to just remain jolly throughout all the stresses of the holiday season, because that's all I can convince myself of, is that I need to remain jolly and I want to remain jolly. But sometimes, particularly at this point in the year, it feels almost impossible. I feel like Clark Griswold. We're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. So I invite all Everything Iconic listeners to join me in becoming one of the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse and having the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. Ladies, am I right? Shall we get into Potomac? Also, Miami's going hard this week, too. We got four episodes of The Real House of Miami on Peacock, which I'll talk about after the Potomac stuff, but it's so good, you guys. You got to tune into Peacock or get the subscription. I don't know what you got to do, but get the cock because it's amazing. I like dick. Four episodes, hot mic moment, gorgeous location, sunny skies, Miami. It's so good. So, uh, check that out on Peacock, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But we got to get into Potomac. Now, I really realized this week that Karen's got the three-wick tagline, despite nothing being this season about her three-wick candles. <laughs> I just made me laugh because we're over halfway into the season. And I don't know that there's nary been a mention, maybe like a brief passing mention about Karen's candle line, right? Like, I know they've maybe thrown it in there or something, but usually the taglines have to do with the women's seasons ahead. So when we get the taglines, usually it's like a little hint as to what their storylines will be in the upcoming season. 
And so when Karen's uh, tagline was revealed earlier this year, and it was something about a three-wick candle, I thought, oh, that's going to really come into play. We're going to get a three-wick candle storyline, and then not a mention. So so if you're just tuning in, or if you're brand new to the franchise, I can only imagine what you're thinking when the first shot is Karen Huger saying, I've got my three wicks burning bright. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Because there's nothing about the three wicks this season. So when you jump into these housewives, sometimes it's hard to catch on. I get that. People reach out all the time and say, where do I start? If they're not familiar with housewives, where do I begin? What franchise do I start with? And I often recommend Potomac. But then I'm thinking this week, if I recommend Potomac, you've never seen it before. You're like, who the fuck is this woman calling herself the Grand Dame talking about candles? And then there was nothing about candles. It's confusing. Anyway, I love it. I love these women. We open with Karen in the sauna, too. I want one of these saunas. I've been thinking about these saunas a lot lately because there's this hot Instagram model I follow. And he's always in his sauna. And, of course, it's very appealing because it's this hot male model. His name is, I think, Matthew Noska, Noska, whatever you say his name. Anyway, uh, the gays out there know who I'm talking about. It's a very gorgeous man. And uh, he's always posting from inside of a sauna. Like, it's one of those stand-up saunas like Karen Huger had. And I really want one. I looked into it one time, and it's a few thousand dollars, so Danny's not getting it. Uh, Santa's not squeezing that sauna into the stocking this year because it's a little too expensive. But uh, it is appealing to me. And I do think that sauna, I love it, like, sweating it out, right? Like, sweating it out. You have a cup of cocktails one night. The next day, you get to sweat it all out. I'm into that. So I'm happy that the Grand Dame's got a sauna in the house. But also, you got to be careful, we got to make sure Ray doesn't stumble into that sauna either, because uh, a man of his age uh, sweating too much, it could be dangerous. It could be dangerous, and that's not. I'm not trying to age shame or anything like that. I'm just saying, I worry about Ray because he already. It's not even about so much as Ray's age; it's more of his demeanor and his, um, you know, his his demeanor really, right? like the way he's walking through these scenes. It's a it's a little bit of a slower pace, as it should be. He's earned it, but. I worry about him stumbling into that sauna because you sweat too much, you get a little dehydrated. Even me, at my age too, I if you sweat a little too much, you get a little dizzy, you know, you start losing your equilibrium. And so I just hope they're being careful with Ray. Maybe we could put some caution tape on there or just make sure, Karen, I don't know if you're listening, the ground dumb, but just be careful Ray doesn't stumble into that sta- sauna. Then we see all the other gals. We're kind of catching up with them quick. We're doing a montage. So we see Ashley with the TikTok dances. What's the end game? What's the end game? What's the Avengers endgame for Ashley's TikToks? I'm not sure. I suppose she's building a following. And she's still going strong with Maple Syrup over there from Summer House. Her and Luke are still posting on social media. They were in New York together. They were hanging out with Carl and Lindsay from Summer House. So Luke and Ashley are a thing now, apparently. Uh, they're a holiday uh, love love couple. And uh, so I'm happy for that. But I don't really get the TikTok thing. And I love TikTok. I just don't. I don't understand what she's specifically, is she maybe getting on Dancing with the Stars? Maybe we put Ashley on there, Dancing with the Stars next season. They have housewives, so maybe that's what we need to do. I'm not sure. Anyway, we see Mia talking about work. Of course, we got the chiropractic thing. And I think there's some trouble brewing with the chiropractic business. I saw some headlines. I didn't look into it too much, but I think there was some, somebody stole Mia's money or something. We're going to have to wait and see, but I think something happens. Then we see the Green Eyed Bandits and the Reasonably Shady Podcast. I'm very proud of them. The podcast is doing well. They're doing live shows for the Reasonably Shady Podcast. They do have an assistant, which I'm a little bit jealous of, to be honest, because they were sitting around. They had the assistant there filming them and then helping them plan the live show. You know, here at Everything Iconic, we're a one-man band, so I might need a... I might need to get on the reasonably shady um, train and hire somebody because it's like a lot of work. And so 
I'm happy they got people helping there, but good for them. Speaking of the green-eyed bandits, I know we're always very hard here on Giselle and Robin, and I feel bad. You guys yell at me sometimes because I know a lot of Giselle and Robin fans out there. And this season in particular, I don't feel has been good for either of them. But so what I'm going to say is actually that Giselle, when she's around them girls, when she was throwing that party for the, the twins, I just love watching Giselle be a mother. To me, that's when Giselle shines the most. She seems like such a good mom. She's got a good relationship where I feel like it's it's friendly, but it's not. I hate when those moms, especially on Housewives, we see this a lot, where it's like the mom wants to be the best friend. And I just don't think the mom should be the best friend. The mom should be the mom. And occasionally, yes, you should connect and have fun or do something fun together. But a mom is mom. I hate when I hear a woman say, or a dad, by the way, just I hate when you hear someone say, like, my kid's my best friend. Well, they shouldn't be, okay? You need to find a new best friend, someone that you could go have cocktails with, a margarita on a Friday night, not somebody, not your kid, because you, sh- you need to be a parent. And so it's very important to me. And so when I see Giselle with them girls, I'm like, God, they are just so, the girls seem so well-adjusted. They seem nice and kind, beautiful, of course. And so I love I really love seeing Giselle um, with the kids and with the kids. And then what I'm also going to say is another compliment to Giselle, although it's not a compliment to the other green-eyed bandit, because what I want to say is that Giselle gets a lot of heat for her looks. Obviously, that one confessional with the chunky highlights, that's something I don't really care for, but maybe some of you out there like it. But I was thinking this season that I actually think that, okay, you guys, I'm afraid to even say this because I'm going to get some heat. I actually think that Giselle has better style than Robin. Controversial. I'm sorry, getting my hot takes today. Because I was looking at Robin when she went to the barbecue for Candace's house or Candace's degree at, at her house. I was like, what is Robin wearing to this? And then I'm looking throughout the whole episode. I'm noticing Giselle actually was wearing this really cute jumpsuit at the twins' birthday party. And Robin, some of her looks, I'm like, I actually think either Giselle is rubbing off on her too much, or maybe Giselle just stepped it up, like, uh, very moderately stepped it up, because in comparison to all of the other women, Giselle's looks aren't as good, right? Like, every single other person on this cast, including Ray, is uh, steps ahead of Giselle when it comes to the fashions. But I think she might be inching ahead of Robin, Right. If this was a race and you know how in um, sitcoms or movies and stuff when they're on the racetrack and then it's like somebody inches ahead or they win by like a nose, you know, and they do the slow motion and the nose is crossing the finish line before the rest of the person. And so the other, that person wins. Do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like Giselle, the green, the, her nose is coming across the finish line a little bit ahead of Robin this season. And so I'm sorry. And I, uh, I've been really hard on Robin. So it doesn't, it pains me to be hard on her again. I don't want to be, but this week, and I'll say some nice things about Robin. Sit tight, little bear, because I got some stuff for her too. But, uh, as it stands, I do think that Giselle's fashions is a little bit better than Robin's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't think that uh, Candace said anything wrong. We talked about this last week with the Robin putting that Alexa or whatever that was, the speaker on the table in Miami and saying, Candace said all this stuff. I was thinking about a lot over the past week, and I really just don't think that Candace said anything that bad. She said, none of these women are trustworthy or loyal or whatever. I didn't think it was that bad. I felt like she was being general in terms of like, she didn't say anything specific, right? She didn't say Robin specifically is awful or Giselle or Karen or whoever. 
I felt like she was just kind of at the end of a filming day and she was exhausted and she's like, oh, they're coming after my husband. She was upset. Now, here's the other thing I want to address in regards to this. I've heard from a lot of people saying uh, it's inappropriate for Candace to come after looks. Or Wendy, when she was fighting with Mia, she was coming after the looks. She said, so, what did she call her, crater face or something like that? And I don't agree with any of the looks shaming. I agree. That is not something we should be doing. However, what I do want to also say is that I think it is, in the grand scheme of things, way worse for somebody, your castmate, to come on camera and accuse your husband of uh, being inappropriate sexually when maybe that wasn't the case, right? So to me, that's way worse than calling someone crater face or talking about someone's necks or ankles, right? Like, I don't think anyone should be talking about looks, right? We should keep looks, kids, those are things. Of course, yes, that makes sense. But in reality, in real life, if somebody's doing what they did with Chris, then of course you're going to go after looks because you want to hit someone below the belt because you're fucking pissed. So I don't approve of that. I'm just saying, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's way worse to say the husband's doing this or you're doing that and to come first at someone. And then, of course, you're going to hit below the belt. And that doesn't mean you should hit below the belt. But who among us isn't going to hit below the belt? I mean, I certainly wouldn't because I would just go cry in the corner. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, uh, that's just what I want to say about that, because a lot of people reached out and say it's so, so bad of Candace to say about neck and ankles and, and Wendy to say about craters and uh, so I agree. I agree with you all completely. But also, if you're being pushed and prodded, you're being pushed and prodded. Anyway, then we cut to what else is going on. Speaking of Candace, she's got the master's business degree. Good for her. She's having the backyard party. And I wrote in my notes, where the fuck is Dorothy? That's what I literally wrote in my notes when she was talking about the having the party in the backyard. And then I find out that she invited Dorothy. So we did get a Dorothy appearance, and I was so excited to see that little girl little girl because i missed her i missed dorothy this whole season and finally she showed up a little too late if you ask me but candace says uh she does feel bad about what she said about karen and ray she said she felt bad about it and the producer asked her on camera how did this happen how did you find out of what you said was uh what you actually said at the table with ashley and she said oh a producer told me and i feel like this must happen a lot but here on potomac this season they're finally revealing it uh Whereas previous seasons, I don't know if they would have said, oh, a producer told me on camera. So I like that. I like that. Speaking of Karen, we then cut to Karen and our eighth housewife, her assistant, Matt. He is helping her make magic, they say. Karen says, he and I always make magic together. She's known him since he was 17, which, I mean, the relationship is a little murky to me. I don't really understand. What does that mean? You knew him since he was 17. Like, what were you guys? How did you guys get to know each other? I don't understand. I mean, I'm not implying anything inappropriate. I'm just implying like what I, it's like so weird to me that like the grand dame, because Matt's much younger than her. And as someone who likes to befriend older women, I get that. I just want to know the specifics. I want to know the specifics. Like how did these two come together when, and maybe it's explained and I just wasn't paying no attention in previous seasons. That's quite possible. Then Karen said uh, that her friendship with Wendy Williams sparked the idea for a live show. Now I just want to go through this live show because. It seems like a lot of stuff happening in this live show. Now, it's a variety show. Karen calls it a family variety show on the road, 
which like, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, I, every single one of these descriptors, I could say, what the fuck does that mean? But so it's a family variety show. So does that lead me to believe that the fa- like Ray and the Raven, are they all going to be on stage with her just doing, what are we, the Partridge family? Like, what the fuck does this mean? Like Brady Bunch live? I don't know. Then she says it's going to be um, a lot of fun, noshing on food, fabulous conversation and cocktails. Okay, so, okay. Let's let me slow down a second. So it's going to be fun. Great, we want that to be fun. Any live show we would want to be fun. Uh, which, speaking of, I'm trying to get the live shows up and running for next year. By the way, by the way, there should be a handful of dates around April, May ish, and then at the end of the year, I'm going to be doing a big tour. So I'll hopefully be able to share more about that soon. But in the meantime, just know that's coming. Just know that's coming. Save up the coins. <laughs> Save up the coins to come see everything at Gunnick Live next year. Anyway. So she says uh, it's going to be gnashing on food. Now, I did immediately think of Wendy Williams because one of my favorite segments on the Wendy Williams show, which unfortunately is no longer with us, that show, but I think Wendy's coming back in podcast form or something. I'm excited about that. Anyway, I do remember my very favorite segment on the Wendy Williams show was one where it was sponsored by the Cheesecake Factory, and they were simply uh, production was simply presenting Wendy Williams on camera with cheesecakes, and she would take a bite and describe it. And honestly, the most entertaining, I, of course, love when she would do the hot topics. I love when she would do interviews. But her trying out cheesecakes to me is something, it's a core memory. It sticks in my mind. And if I was in the movie Inside Out from Pixar, and there were people exploring the inside of my brain, you would just, there'd be a whole island that was just Wendy Williams eating cheesecake on air. (laughs) It was a core memory. It was an island in my head. It still is. So I do understand that now Karen Huger, the Grand Dame, was influenced by Wendy Williams in terms of noshing on food, she said, uh, on stage during her live show. So I am excited about that, and I'm curious, what is Karen Huger going to be trying on stage? What is she going to be eating? What do they call those? Um, I think they're called online mukbangs. Have you heard of this term? It's like mukbangs. It's on. <laughs> it's a weird, I hope I'm saying that word right, and not just like making up or using the word incorrectly. Uh, which, by the way, you guys will let me know because last week on the Salt Lake City episode, I was talking about something being a charcuterie, and everyone yelled at me and said it was a, a crudite. It was a veggie platter, not a, you know, so we get things wrong. Anyway, she's, I want to know what she can be trying. Is she going to be trying a crudite on stage and just describing to the audience? Is she going to be trying a, a veggie platter or a charcuterie? What is Karen going to be gnashing on on stage? Then she says, fabulous conversation. I'm assuming that's going to be with Ray and Raven because it's a family variety show. So I'm not sure. By the way, I'm not sure it's going to be really fabulous conversation. Watch her and Ray talk. Maybe her and Raven, but I'm not sure that Ray, uh, we're going to want to weekend him at Bernie's on the stage because I don't think Ray's got a lot to say. I've seen him for upwards of six, seven, eight years. How long has this show been on? So I'm not sure that the fabulous conversation will be with Ray. Again, I feel like I'm being tar- hard on Ray this this episode, but... He's essentially Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. And so I'm not sure that I want to pay money to watch Karen talk with Ray. Uh, and then there's going to be cocktails. Great. And it's going to be called An Evening with the Grand Dame. Now, I'm not even done yet. So that seems like enough for a live tour, right? Countess Luann has been touring on less for upwards of five years as well. But Karen also reveals she's going to have a musical guest. Which, by the way, maybe Countess Luann needs to start doing a mukbang on stage, too. Maybe she needs to start trying foods as she's singing Jingle Bells on the bongos and headlines are playing behind her on a screen. Because if you've ever seen her, that's what happens. Anyway, so Karen's going to have a musical guest doing two to three songs. I can only help hope that this would be Candace. I'd be thrilled if it was Macy Gray. 
I would be slightly disappointed, although very excited a little bit, a little excited, if it was Ashley Darby singing Coffee and Love. Uh, anyone else, I'm not sure I'd be interested in, right? Like, those are the three that I would hope would come out to do two to three songs. And by the way, I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure there's two to three songs. Maybe we just have each of them do one song, right? We get Drive Back, we get Macy Gray's I Try to Say Goodbye. Actually, with this cold, I sort of feel like I, I sound, I maybe sound like Macy Gray. Am I wrong? Ladies, am I wrong? <laughs> Ladies, am I wrong? Do I sound a little, I try to say goodbye in that joke. That song, that song, that's a grocery story anthem. That plays when you're picking up a DiGiorno and you feel good. Okay, so then Karen's going to be doing a Q&A, and they're going to call out that segment, Keeping It Karen. Then they're going to have a drag queen. Then she's going to. she's also going to be leaving and changing into new looks, so she's going to have different dress changes. There's going to be a Diana Ross moment, a ball gown. Then she says there's going to be medleys and it's going to be a pride kickoff. Like, so I'm not just, I want to put this out there as someone who's performed live and I'm not saying I'm an expert, right? But I've performed live before and it's just maybe too much for one live show. This is a, these are different live shows. I think she could stick to music for one, do a mukbang for one, and then another one where she does a Q and A. If we're going to do a pride kickoff show, maybe that's a whole separate show. We have the drag queen in that one. I'm just, Spitball in here, but maybe we need to scale it back a little, a little. And then she does shade Robin and Giselle's live show. And it seemed like Robin and Giselle were just throwing out ideas with the assistant. Remember, they were all sitting around throwing out ideas like, should we do that? Should we do that? And so that felt like a better fit to me than Karen Huger throwing in all this stuff because it's too much stuff. It's too much stuff. Then we cut to Dr. Wendy and Eddie in the car. They, Wendy was in Chicago for 24 hours. She said she did the whole Chicago thing. She keeps calling it, what did she say? Chicago? I don't know if I could say it like her. Chicago. I'm from, I lived in Chicago, so we say Chicago. But she did all the things. She did deep dish pizza. She did the hot dogs. She uh, she did, what. by the way, Giordano's is my favorite deep dish in Chicago. I know that's a controversial opinion because some people like Luminati's. There's all different ones, but Giordano's is my favorite. They also do a frozen one. Whoo! They send you the frozen one. I'm not kidding. If you want a good Christmas, that's actually, this is not an ad. But if you're looking for some a Christmas gift for someone or a holiday gift, just check out the Giordano's frozen deep dish pizzas because those taste so good in the oven. They're good to have in the freezer. They ship them in ice. Ugh, I love them. If they want to send me one, Giordano's, you listening? Baby, you up? <laughs> Baby... <laughs> Baby, you up? It's the holidays. That's right. Get on your feet. It's the holidays. Get on your feet, Giordano's, and send me a pizza. Seems like nobody wants to send me a pizza no more. Anyway, no, I really don't need it. I'm just joking around. I don't need a pizza. Anyway, then we cut to Candace and Robin. Now, Robin's not doing well. Uh, I felt so bad for Robin. And she lost her friend... um, her, her friend and hairstylist lost a brother and sister-in-law, and she's just upset about it. And she says life is so short, and she wants to squash the drama with Candace. And it is it is a reminder, I think, when you go through grief or lose someone, that life is so short. And it's like not worth it to be mad at people, or be, be angry with people, or hold on to resentments, because it can all end. And it's like, it can all end. Wait, we didn't talk about, okay, not to go back to this, but I also just have to mention that Wendy was getting kidney stone surgery. So I just... I felt like I didn't finish that because I was talking about that pizzas. But yes, it was kidney stones. 
Um, anyway, so Candace and Robin, they make up. I'm happy about that. And then we get to this chiropractic party, which we will discuss. Let's take our break here. We'll come back and we'll discuss about this chiropractic party. We got to talk a little bit about Miami. And then, uh, yeah, find me on social media. Go to ACAST or, or thank you to ACAST and then go to everythingiconic.store if you want any of that new merch. It's going fast. It's going fast. We got ladies in right shirts. We got wine glasses. We got signed books. We got Christmas teas. It's all going really quickly. So, uh, everythingiconic.store and we'll be right back. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic shopify s-h-o-p-i-f-y.com slash everything iconic this show is sponsored by better help and we all carry around different stressors both big and small sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because i cannot stop thinking about them when i'm trying to sleep or when i'm trying to go about my day i keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively now therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff and if you've never benefited from therapy i think it's time you explore i think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist it's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. And we're back, little girls. Little girl. Okay, I want to remind you that I got my holiday movie podcast with my friend Jenna. It's called The Very Merry Iconic Podcast. We're covering Muppet Christmas Carol is coming up this week, which I'm very excited about. Uh, we also covered the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. We did the Santa Claus movie franchise with Tim Allen. We did I'll Be Home for Christmas, JTT. Check those out. It's a separate podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. And thank you to everyone who listened. We're having a, a record year this season. We've been doing it for this is our fourth season. And uh, the numbers have been through the roof. So thank you all for listening. It's incredible. We just do it for fun, too. I mean, we're not... Uh, we're not doing it for anything other than we have fun. My friend Jen and I getting together and talking about that stuff. So thank you all for listening and sharing uh, the chaos that is that holiday podcast because we have a good time. Okay, so then Mia at the opening of her chiropractic place. Now, it's called The Joint, 
we did see some flashback footage of Karen Huger getting an adjustment, which was, it was uh, a lot. Does anyone see those TikTok videos of people just getting adjustments? Sometimes I fall in that rabbit hole and it's, it's something, it's like a, uh, popping a pimple or some watching people pop pimples. It's a weird corner of the internet that I don't know about you all, but I sometimes get sucked into it. And then suddenly six hours have gone by and all I've done is watch people get adjustments. And it's not a, a good use of my time. Of course, I was just talking at the early, early part of this podcast about how busy things are so much work. And yet, and yet sometimes I will find the time to spend a solid six and a half hours watching chiropractic video adjustments on TikTok or Instagram, wherever. I'm not even sure where they come from. I don't search for them, but they somehow show up on my phone. And then I look at my watch and the whole night's gone by. And uh, I've just been watching chiro videos or, or pimple popping videos. And I don't think those are either things that I'm interested in, right? Like, I don't really like looking at pimples, but yet when they show up, it's just like it sucks you in. It sucks you in like into the TV or into the screen. And that's why we need to get rid of phones. Moving on. Uh, there are 14 chiropractors that Mia has, eight locations that they just collect royalties on, but there are 14 locations that she owns or something. I don't know. This is all very ominous. It's very ominous. I'm assuming that all the money is going to go drained out of Mia's bank account or something because I saw headlines and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that they're showing us this footage to uh, prepare us for something happening, because something's happening. At least I feel that. I feel that I could be wrong. I mean, what do I know? I didn't know! I didn't know. By the way, that song clip is from The Family Stone. People were asking. It's from Sarah Jessica Parker in The Family Stone. I didn't know! Which, by the way, you guys, I got a DM from Diane Keaton this past weekend. Whew, my heart sank. I was so excited. She was so nice. She sent me a DM. She follows me on Instagram and then sent me a nice DM. Love her. Love her. Anyway, what's going on? This uh, this whole chiropractic thing is so weird to me. Mia, okay, I don't want to judge. Well, I suppose that's what this whole show is, so I'm going to judge. Now, Mia says that it's her duty to bring affordable chiropractic care to her community. Now, I felt a little bit like she was trying to pretend like she was Norma Ray. <laughs> Like I was imagining just Sally Fields and Norma Ray, like holding up the the sign, like the union sign or whatever. Like that's that's the vibe I was getting from Mia when she was talking about it. I'm here for my community because everyone needs affordable chiropractic care. Now, I, look, I'm not saying that people don't need to get their backs blown out. I certainly believe here on Everything Iconic that everyone deserves to get their backs blown out. Uh, but I'm not sure that the chiropractor is the only way to do that. You know, I just think that maybe those funds could be allocated in a different way. Because if you're looking to give people affordable chiropractic care, I just think you should look to give them affordable other things first, right? So nothing wrong with Mia promoting the business. She's got to make the coins. She's got to fill up the purse. But I just think let's maybe let's maybe think of it in a different way. Maybe reframe it. Reframe it. But yes, I do want everyone to get their backs blown out. Ladies and right, you got to do that this holiday season, right? Figure it out. Make sure Santa comes down that chimney and get the black back blown out. And I'm not talking about chiropractic care. I'm not talking about that. I like dick. Oh, this was the other reason why I think it's foreshadowing, because the producer asked about funding. And they keep saying the word deals, 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 and how a deal fell through. And then Mia can't explain how the deal fell through. She's like, I'm tired of lawyers. And really what that means is like, I don't know anything about how the business is run. I didn't know. Like that's what she, 
That's what she's really telling us. So Karen's here. Jacqueline's here at this thing. Jacqueline, I think next week is going to play a larger role. Mia has a, a mic and a speech and a ribbon cutting. And I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but it was just weird to me that we're at the chiropractic opening and we were acting like we were opening some, uh, I don't know, Cynthia Swan Crisis Center for Women. Like, I felt like that's what we were opening, and yet it was just a chiropractic office. And where do we get a microphone and speakers? Do we need that at the chiropractic opening? I don't know. Maybe I'm being rude. Maybe I'm being rude. Then we see Ashley with the uncle, and Ashley got in a screaming fight with Demon Darby, took the kid and left, or one of the kids and left. I'm not sure that was unclear. And then now she's saying she's not moving because she's scared. I get she's scared. I get she's scared. And she's young, too. And she married that demon young. She got with that demon young. He uh, tricked her at a very young age. And so I do understand that Ashley's going to be scared to go on her own because it's hard. It's scary to live alone. I've lived alone most of my adult life until pretty recently. And it's a lot. It's a lot. It's scary. You hear noises. And that's if you live in a par- I've lived in apartments alone where you still have people around and stuff, a building. But with uh, Ashley, she's looking to move in a house alone. And it's just, it's like you look around and then you got the kids to worry about. You just got to. I don't know. Want to hear a tip? Actually, let me tell you this tip. Okay, this is a tip that I heard for self-defense. Uh, so, you know how some people have, like, weapons in their house, like a bat, baseball bat or something. So, I saw this. I keep referencing TikTok, and so here I am referencing it again. But I saw on TikTok that they said, if you're someone who has a bat in your house, like for robbers or intruders or whatever, you should put a sock on the end of the bat. Okay, so just follow along with me. You put one long sock on the end of like the the big part of a baseball bat. So that way, if you're swinging at someone, if you were to swing at a robber, not that we promote violence, of course, this is only for self-defense, but if you swing at a robber, then, and they, they stop the bat with their hand, then you could slip the bat out of their hands because really they'll be touching the sock. Then you slip the bat out of the hands and, and swing at them again. You get them again. So that's a little tip for you out there. So if you got a bat for self-defense in the house, make sure right now, after you're done with this podcast, you go put a long-ass sock in there. Put a stocking, whatever. It could be a Christmas stocking. It could be a sock. I put a knee-high on there. Some, um, what are those, uh, pantyhose? Whatever you got to do, just slip some fabric on the end of that bat. And that way, if you're swinging at an intruder, then they hit it, they grab it, they grab the bat, and you slip the bat out of their hands, and you whack them again. That's a little tip for you guys out there. You don't say you never learned something from everything iconic. So I'm here to share. Okay, so then what else is going on? Where are we at here? Oh, Ashley and the uncle. Ashley cries. I get it. Then we cut to Candace picking up Dorothy. Thank God. Thank God I was missing Dorothy. And it was funny. Candace is like, my mom and I haven't always had the best relationship. And then they had a whole fucking montage to go. <laughs> whole montage of her just talking about like, like, I don't getting in fights and stuff. I loved it. I loved it. Then we see Jizzy playing in the twins' birthday party. They're turning Sweet 16. They got two rooms. Uh, a lot of, uh, look, they look, uh, Giselle looks good in this scene. I'm sorry. Pastor Holy Horror's there, too. They got a good relationship. Sharice showed up, and Sharice has been on every episode of the season. I saw her at Jizzy's party, and I was like, who's that? Who is that? And it turns out it's Sharice. And uh, Jamal gives a speech with Jizzy. I like seeing her such a good mom again. Jiz says uh, the girls just want everyone to win and be happy. When she's talking about the twins, they're just good girls. She says they want everyone to win and be happy. And I thought, Jiz, why don't you want everyone to win and be happy? Because it does often feel like Giselle is rooting against her friends or against her co-stars. And so I hope Giselle takes a lesson from these gorgeous young gals 
and she starts wanting people to win and be happy. And that makes a big difference, right? Like all of you out there, when you have friends, it makes a huge difference when you notice a friend is rooting for you versus when they're rooting against you. And if you're someone who's rooting against one of your friends, you need to turn that around. Especially, I think, with your really close group of people, your really close circle of friends, you need to root for them. And that's something that makes a good friend. And I'm not saying just uh, root for anything they do if it's a bad thing, but you need to support your friends. And so I wish Giselle would do that a little more because I just often feel like Giselle is just looking for a thing to get her friends with. And that might make good TV, but I don't know that it'll help you sleep at night. Then we cut to Candace at her house. Oh, this was so good. So uh, first of all, I was so excited that Dorothy was there. And then Dorothy's at Candace's house. They see a snake and Dorothy says, Candace, there's a brown snake. I thought Giselle wasn't coming to the party. Uh, the laughter that came out when she said that it was perfect timing. I, Dorothy had better line delivery than I've ever seen from Pete Davidson or some other, I don't know, comedian. She was, it was perfect delivery, perfect timing. Let's put her on a sitcom. Let's get her on NBC must see TV. Let's do a friends reboot with just Dorothy. And I don't know, put her, her friends around her. We need to get that woman on sitcom because she's too quick witted. She needs to be on something. Get her on Abbott elementary. What other hot sitcoms are going on right now? Let's give her a development deal, NBC Universal. She needs it because Dorothy is fantastic. Dorothy, she also, we talk about her apologizing to Chris, which was funny. She's like, Candace says, oh, she apologized in her own way. And then they show it. And it's like her on the phone. She's like, whatever, Chris. You know, like she, (laughs) she's not really apologizing. I love it. I love it. Dorothy's entertaining to me. Uh, Then Robin shows up. Wendy, uh, when she showed up to the party, it was so funny. She yelled, come on, two degrees. She, and then she says in her confessional, it's not four degrees, but it's two, and we love it. And I, I just love the idea of counting degrees. Let's just count all of them. Let's do one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, but with degrees here in Potomac. I like that. And they all eat outside. Now, I want to talk about this for at least 45 minutes. Pull over for driving. I don't like eating hot food outside. It's uh, Maybe that's controversial opinion as well, but... If you're going to serve me hot food, I'm going to need air conditioners and fans. And by the way, we talked about this with Jersey. I'm going to also need some sort of tray table or tables. I'm not interested in eating a flimsy paper plate on my lap in the heat. Because think about all the heat that's being uh, dispersed. Not only is it coming in your mouth, it's coming by your face. These women have makeup on, too. They got professional glam, some of them. Maybe not Robin. But some of them did in this uh, scene. And so then you're getting your makeup smeared because the hot food, the heat, and the steam is coming at your face. Then you're putting the plate down, and the heat is coming off that plate. You get some hot food on a paper plate, it's all coming on your legs. And then suddenly your thighs are on fire, and you're sweating. So the lower half's sweating, the upper half's sweating. And so I just felt bad for these women. They're having to eat out in the hot air hot food. And I'm not sure what the answer is. Granted, I don't think you can necessarily serve cold foods. Maybe like a cold pasta salad would be good at a picnic situation. But for the most part, we're going to have to eat inside, maybe put some tables up inside or something. Otherwise, do like bites. That's where I think that the compromise should come in. If you're going to have hot food outside, I would recommend just serving like things that you could grab and do one bite things like appetizers, appetizers, just one little uh, bacon wrap or one little, I'm not sure, a little, uh, why is the only thing that I'm thinking of is a, a pig in a blanket? But you know what I'm saying? Like just quick bites, appetizers. Otherwise, it's not okay to be sitting with the paper plate on the, uh, it's too hot. It's too hot. 
<sighs> okay, then Karen asks Robin about the wedding. And Robin says they're doing a four-person private wedding, not on camera. And Karen's like, okay. Okay. Okay, Robin. <laughs> uh, no one believes that Robin's getting married. And at it, by the way, I saw Robin on Watch What Happens Live. This was months ago, early in the season. And even Andy was like, you guys aren't doing it on camera. Like, it's not happening. Like, even Andy was like, this wedding's never happening. Because it's just not happening. And if it does happen... I mean, I'll be wrong. Great. I'll apologize for being wrong. But it just is like the craziest thing that we're all just pretending this wedding is happening. I, I don't understand. Then uh, there's also a 360-degree photo booth there, which I've been seeing these a lot on Housewives. Remember it happened on Atlanta? They did that photo booth thing where it's like the glam cam that they do on E, whatever that is. I love a photo booth. I do love a photo booth. But Robin and Wendy wake make up, and I want them to keep it going, but I don't think that it will. Then we cut to Candace and Karen talking. Candace apologizes. She says, I was being messy and drunk with a demon, meaning Ashley Darby. And then uh, Candace apologizes. And I like that. I like these two together. Karen is cool with it as long as you own it. She knows how to move on with the show. Karen, God bless her. She knows that somebody's going to apologize. We need to move on. Now, Chris, we see this, him sort of like uh, huffing and puffing around the whole time, right? They're at this barbecue, and he's huffing and puffing in the background. And somebody says, I think it was Ray. Ray woke up for a minute and was like, hey, Chris, do you think you should apologize to Giselle? And then Chris starts huffing and puffing everywhere. And you just see him sort of stomping around and like steam coming out of his ears and his eyes. He's stomping around. He goes on the porch and like has his cocktail. He's like talking to himself like, I'm not going to apologize. You know, he's... <laughs> That was really funny. He like turned into Donald Duck and was just like storming around the house, talking to himself like a crazy person. And was like, I'm not a pilot. Meanwhile, Candace is just uh, giving a whole speech. Candace, and with the folded napkin, she says, every episode got the folded napkin. I think she's doing it. I, I don't even know if, I don't know. I kind of feel like she's playing into the folded napkin bit too much. Is that crazy of me to say? It just seems like she's doing it too much. We get it. You got the folded napkin, but maybe, I don't know. I do love my Candace this season, but I'm maybe tired of the folded napkin thing because I just feel like you're doing it for the audience and that's not, but maybe it's not for the audience. I don't know. I'm proud of her though. She says uh, she's cheersing to everyone and herself really because she got the other degree. And so I, she's really killing, I think, again, we do not support uh, everything this these people say or do. But she's really killing it with this music career and now the other degree. And I think that's good. Good for her. That's the end of the episode. We just see Chris storming on the, or fuming on the porch. Next week on the show, we get Mia. Uh, we hear some stuff about Jacqueline having sex with someone who was dating Mia and Mia was just watching. What? Whatever that means. Then we see Karen and Giselle sitting down. I love when them frenemies sit down. We see Candace doing the music video at Trina. We see the Reasonably Shady Live show. We see a little bit more Robin and Juan talking about their getting married situation. That's the end of the episode, you guys. That's it. Potomac still delivering. Uh, this uh, might be our last Potomac recap of the season. I don't know. Next week, I'm not sure. We might be off because of the holidays. I'm going to be taking a little breather. Got some interviews coming up over the holidays because I won't be able to be doing the recaps as regularly. So stay tuned. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. But um, if for some reason this is the last Potomac episode of the year, we'll be back early next year. So don't worry. Don't fret, little bear. Uh, but shall we talk about Miami? I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Time for Miami, baby. Four episodes in, and boy, were they a good four episodes. Never have I seen four episodes in a row that were all so good. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Now, I want to talk about a few random thoughts about Miami. We're not going to be doing full-blown recaps of Miami for a couple of reasons. Number one, Danny's tired. Had a lot too many notes of all these shows. Holiday season, too much going on. Number two, it's also airing on Peacock. The release schedule is weird. I know people on Peacock watch them at different times. A lot of people also don't have the streaming service of Peacock. So although I do want to encourage you all to get it and go over there, a lot of people wait till it airs on the Bravo channel. So I'm just not doing full-blown recaps because it's not airing on Bravo. It's harder for people to get to, but I do have some thoughts that I want to get off my chest because these four episodes were so fucking good. So if you haven't watched yet, tune out, come back here, or... Uh, go watch it and, um, or just listen, whatever, do whatever you want to do, do whatever, do what feels right in your soul. Do what feels good to you, little girls, little girl. Okay. So what I first want to discuss is Lenny hot mic moment. Now, when I was going to the season, I just assumed that Lenny and uh, Lisa, it was going to be after they decided they were separating and divorcing. So then at the beginning of the season, when I saw that Lenny and Lisa are together, and we're getting to see the dissolution of their marriage, I was shocked because I just didn't anticipate that. Now, Lenny's always been an asshole. I, in my mind, allegedly, he's always been, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's a litigious person, but we want to just say all this is alleged for this whole podcast forever. But Lenny is, from what I've seen, a big old asshole. And so now seeing him be a big old asshole and get the hot mic moments and talking about the wife in front of the kid while he's mic'd, in the fourth episode, and that not only that, but the cinematography of that when they were shooting like the party, and we saw Lisa taking photos, and we just heard Lenny's mic. I mean, chills, goosebumps, never better television. Uh, to me, this is one of the best hot mic moments. I mean, I would say like in the in the realm of like uh, who? What's her name? Leanne Locken at the Roundup. Uh, we got Lisa Barlow calling her best friend of ten years a garbage whore, fucked half in New York. I'd say that those are the two ends of the hot mic spectrum. And I'd say Lenny's is like right up there 
with the Lisa Barlow Connor, friend of 10 years, a garbage whore in fucking half in New York on the Real House of Salt Lake City. To me, it's like right there because it was so incredible and it was incredible in content. It was incredible in cinematography, which by the way, this whole show looks better than I think any of the Bravo housewives that are on Bravo. Like it's shot so beautifully and I'm not sure if they're just using the high def cameras or something or I don't know. They wipe the Vaseline off the lens, but doesn't it feel like it's, it's crystal clear. It's beautiful. And I love the sunny skies of Miami. I just feel like it's giving me a good cinematography here. So the hot mic moment was really, really good. And I'm sad for Lisa. I do not want this to happen. But it is incredible TV. And I love Lisa, speaking of her, the fight that she's having with Larsa, who Larsa's like my comedy queen this season. I don't know. She was making me laugh the whole time. Uh, everything I see of Larsa just sitting around that apartment in the sky and just, I just, <laughs> I never even liked Larsa before. In this season, I'm like, wow, I am obsessed. But her coming at Lisa saying that you have a mortgage in Lisa, <laughs> it's the funniest housewife fight I've seen in years. Lisa getting so upset that somebody says she w- might have a mortgage. It's like the craziest fight. Like that's a perfect housewives fight. Like Lisa's so pissed. And meanwhile, you can also tell that like Lisa doesn't understand the finances. Like she doesn't know. I didn't know. She didn't know. <laughs> she don't know about the mortgage. And she's trying to pretend she does. I get that. But I think in the body language and in the tone of her voice and everything, it's like you could tell she doesn't really exactly know about the mortgage. She doesn't know what the, is happening with the finances. And yes, she's trying to pretend. She's like, they don't know that I don't have a mortgage. And I even feel like as she's telling us that in like confessionals and stuff, like she don't know. She don't know. But it's the funniest fight I've ever seen in the Housewives, in a very long time at least. It's so, so good. Then we have Julia, and Julia wants to live on a farm. Now she's got to drive. Her and uh, Martina, they live in Miami, and Julia's got to go an hour outside of the city to go feed them animals, all them goats and stuff that she likes. And by the way, Julia is like insane. She's insane, and I love it. I love watching her. She's like loves the animals, which I'm happy about. Uh, she's putting the cucumbers on her face every five seconds. She's just a quirky individual. But her and Martina, I, I'm really sad about them, and I hope that they're able to work it out. But I want Julie to have the farm that she wants. I want her to be happy. I just am rooting for those two. But I feel like Julie really stepped it up, and she's really letting loose her feelings, and she's being open and vulnerable on camera, which is refreshing, because sometimes I think these women don't necessarily want to share all of their personal lives and their relationship drama, but she's laying it all out on screen, and it's just incredible to watch. Incredible to watch. Then we have Alexia. Alexia's a star. Now, she is, that's all there is to it. To me, a top-tier housewife, one of the best housewives we have across any franchise. She's open. She's vulnerable. She's at her uh, nail salon, and we're getting that to be seemingly a place of that we're going to be hanging out a lot. I love seeing the relationship she has with her boys, the interesting dynamic she has with uh, both sons, and now the new husband, and Todd. I just think Alexia, it couldn't be better. She's she's everything you think you want from the housewife. She's got the glamour. She's got the openness, the vulnerability, the rawness. She's got a history, a past. And every time I learn a little bit more about Alexia, I'm more and more intrigued by this woman. I love her. I love her. Genuinely, uh, a genuine friendship that she has with Marisol, which I was surprised Marisol's not a main housewife, but I think it's okay. After I saw her with the bedazzled cup again, I thought maybe we don't need her to hold a mojito because she's already holding enough mojitos. She keeps talking about the alcohol, which by the way, I don't think, I don't think Marisol has like an alcohol issue. I just think her issue is that she's playing into the idea of being obsessed with alcohol on camera as like a character trait. 
Do you get what I mean? I don't think Marisol even maybe drinks as much as she says on camera, but it's like she's doing these bits about being drunk all the time and drinking a lot and needing alcohol because she thinks it's funny, much like she thinks the bedazzled cup is funny. And sometimes it is. But sometimes I think Marisol's problem is she goes over, like she leans too far into the bits. And look, I do that too here and everything I kind of guess probably rolling your eyes and say, Danny, you lean into all this stuff. Ladies, I'm right. So I get it. But I just would like her to scale back maybe like 10%. 10%. Because I don't think she's got some sort of alcohol issue. I just think she's like, oh, I like to drink. Give me a khaki. I need a khaki. Um, she doesn't say it like that. I felt like I just said it in Sopranos accent or something. And that's not what Marisol does. Give me a khaki. Anyway, we love khaki. I like dick. Moving on, Dr. Nicole is coming into her own, I think. I think I'm learning more about her. I didn't really like her last season. I'm interested in dynamic with her parents. Uh, and I'm liking her more than I did last season. So I'm curious to see what goes on with Dr. Nicole. But I feel like she's coming into her own. Gertie's coming into her own. She's got a huge successful business. I'm so proud of Gertie. Also, I feel like Gertie is more comfortable on camera. All of the new gals, Gertie, Julia, and Dr. Nicole, I feel like they're... Obviously, they had their first season last year, and it was a reboot of a show, and they were coming onto a show where people who had been filming it for a long time or a long time ago, but had relationships and dynamics together and knew how the process and this oiled machine works. And so, obviously, Julia and Dr. Nicole and Gertie were going to have uh, uh, maybe not be as open and vulnerable their first seasons, but now it really feels like it's clicking for everybody and clicking for the group because I feel like the group now knows each other and has relationships with each other and dynamics with each other. And so it's fascinating to see. Adriana also is in the mix and she's always stirring the pot in a good way. She When she said to Lars, like, I want you to come with me to get the BBL because you got a BBL. <laughs> she's so good. She's just so good. She's so good. She's so good. And by the way, I also want to talk about Larsa's, her Instagram sponsorship or whatever she's doing for that one product, because it was like, I've never seen anyone less dynamic. <laughs> I've never seen a commercial that was less dynamic than the one Larsa was filming. And look, she's not an actress. She's not Meryl Streep. But watching her try to do that ad, what was it for a dog collar? I don't even remember what it was. Some dog product, dog bowl, dog collar, dog leash, dog fence. I'm not sure what the fuck it was. But she's like, look at this dog collar. Isn't it great? <laughs> so deadpan, I left it. Anyway, these Miami women are thriving. Thriving. So over the holidays, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. And people ask, where do they start with Miami? I think season two of Miami is one of the best housewife seasons of all time. So if you want to go back all the way, you could start with season two. Season three is just, eh, okay, it's not great. Then they took a long-ass hiatus. And then they did season four. So you could pop in at season four, which is the last season, or just pop in at season five. But none of the seasons are very long. And I do think it's worth it to go back to season two of Miami Housewives because I just think it's phenomenal TV. And so that's what I would recommend. Start with season two or just start with season one. You know, it's the holiday season. Get on your feet. It's the holidays. That's right. Get on your feet. It's the holidays. Seems like nobody wants to binge Housewives these holidays. And so you need to go back from the beginning. And that's how I feel with really all the shows. If you could start at the beginning, start at the beginning. It's a real quick binge. The first season of Miami is, what, seven episodes or something? You get to meet Larsa. It's a different person. I mean, literally a whole different human you're going to meet if you tune into season one. 
that's the episode. I love you all so much for listening. Thank you so much. That's Miami. That's Potomac. We'll be back later this week with the Salt Lake City recap. And then I believe next week we will be having some interviews and we will be having a holiday break from the recaps. But for now, just stay tuned and I'll let you know on social media because I change like the weather, right? I always say one thing and then do another. That's who I am. Complicated individual. Love you all. Let's do a cheesy little cool down because we need it. Oh, and um, by the way, I'm also offering Sex in the City recaps if you go to the Patreon page, which is um, patreon.com slash everything iconic. The merch store is everythingiconic.store. The book is called How Do I Unremember This, which I promise to stop talking about one of these days. Not sure what day that'll be, but go get it. <laughs> go get it for the holidays. Uh, let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Hold it. Hold on for one more day. Breathe out. <laughs> uh, I had a pumpkin spice latte, so you know I normally have my Diet Coke at this time. But instead, Mac got me a pumpkin spice latte from the Starbucks. And Starbucks is strong. It's strong, baby. So if I was talking a mile a minute, that's why. That's it. It's pumpkin spice latte. I got it with the oat milk. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. I also told him to get me half-calf, and I think this is regular. He didn't know. <laughs> Breathe out. Breathe out. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, love you. Bye-bye.